Hello and welcome to a special bonus edition this week of Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle, where I catch up with the Adelaide 36ers Hall of Famer, Scott Ninnis himself, and we'll we'll run through the end of the NBL season. We'll get his thoughts on, on what happened with the Adelaide 36ers now that it's all, all said and done. We'll catch up on the Galen Award and we'll pick our two nominees for the winner, thanks to Sports Card World, and put it out to our our listeners to decide who wins that for the NBL season. We'll get his award predictions as well and get his thoughts on the finals coming up this this weekend. So um, a lot to get through, Scott. But first of all, what have you done to yourself? <laughs> yeah, so I managed to uh, have a bulging disc in my back, mate. So, uh, yeah, came home Saturday, uh, sat down obviously awkwardly on the lounge and uh, just all of a sudden it was, uh, yeah, could not move, could not stand up, couldn't lie down and uh, you know, basically spent the better part of two days completely bedridden and, uh, um, yeah, I've got, uh, got this little issue with my back that uh, oh, must be old age, I think, but I've never had any, any issues like this back back related so uh, I'm I'm around you know I'm up and about and very slowly shuffling around today but mm. um, yeah not uh, not really sending any records at the moment so yeah it's very uh, careful to look after myself mm. that's for sure yeah well I, I hope it continues to be on the mend for you um, big night on Friday night the MVP dinner Hall of Fame dinner Mike Mackay getting inducted from the Adelaide 36ers just like you were 12 months ago um, are you going to be okay to, to attend well, I hope so, mate. Yeah, it's it's obviously a you know big event in the calendar for the 36ers, and uh, you know obviously with having Mike McKay, who I played so many years with, being inducted, and and uh, you know a lot of uh, a lot of guys, you know the old players coming along like Peter Alley and David Spear, and obviously you know Brett and myself and Mark Davis. So uh, it's going to be exciting. So uh, you know obviously a, a disappointing end of the season, but. Uh, yeah, it's always good to you know be able to celebrate those nights and uh, tremendous honour you know for Mike McKay to be inducted into the club sort of thing. No, for sure. Um, before we get to the thirty sixes, um, I can't remember a more dramatic finish to an NBL season than what we saw with Melbourne setting things up with that win over over Adelaide to to put the pressure on Perth to to have to beat Sydney by eleven points and then the way the game panned out in, in Perth was just incredible and came down to the hands of DJ Vasilovic in the end to decide if it was Perth or Melbourne that, that made the finals. Uh, what did you make of that final final day's action? Oh, it was astonishing. And uh, yeah, DJ is probably not the one you want to let uh, <laughs> let have a shot to, to decide whether your season continues mm. or not. He's, uh, he's sunk the dagger on a number of occasions before in the team. So, oh, look, it was, it was just an astonishing end of the season. I, you know, so I, I'm not a massive fan of, of um, you know, if you're coming down and you're 20 up with three minutes to go, now all of a sudden you've got to pl- continue to play it out and try and win by 30 or 35 or 40. I think that sets a bad precedent because all of a sudden, you know, your young kids, your development players aren't getting to play in that, uh, you know, in those last few minutes. So, you know, that's my personal opinion on that. I, I think there has to be a better way. Would you, you prefer we go it. back to the season splits to decide it? I think so, absolutely, yeah, and purely for that reason, I, I just hate that, yeah, that whole thing when you know if you if you you know if you turn up with with thirty seconds or twenty seconds to go, you know, you should be able to run the clock out, mm-hmm. just dribble the ball out, and and you know, I think that well, I know people have different opinions on this, and um, but I just think it's, it's in the right spirit of the game, you know, to, to once again, if you're up by a couple, you know, by plenty with a couple minutes to go. Yeah, when are you development players? You know, mm-hmm. when are those young young right. local kids going to get the experience time? Well, they're they're not. 
So, you know, I'd, I, I think there has to be a better uh, system. But in saying that, what an incredible end to a year. And, uh, you know, Melbourne, you know, finishing off in that last minute, you know, hitting a couple of big shots and then, you know, Perth getting that big lead and, and uh, you know, Sydney storming back mm-hmm. into it and, and then it coming down to effectively the last shot to, for, the, for the season. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it was quite astonishing. What did you make of the final weekend for the 36ers? So it was always going to take a take a miracle to make the finals and it obviously didn't end up happening, but at least it finished on a positive note on Friday night. Another, another sellout crowd, another massive 9,500 people at the Adelaide Entertainment Centre. So that was a great way to, to send off the home crowd and you know going into Sunday it was always going to take something incredible I think as it would have turned out they they would have needed to win by probably 40 something points and then still Sydney had to beat Perth for that to even even matter as well so it was always unlikely but what did you make of the last weekend for the 36ers? Yeah you, you're right with all that I know we've spoken about before when you when you start talking about mathematical mm. possibilities you know, it very very rarely ends up working out well for you uh, I think they Threw a bit of caution to the wind, and the you know the game against Sydney, they just came out and played, you know, played played loose and, and played with a bit of reckless abandon. And uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I know you know Xavier Cooks didn't play, and in the last quarter, uh, Beerford had some funky lineups on, and um, but you, you know you can still only beat the, the, sure. the team in front of you. And uh, so I just you know this style of game was. Uh, yeah, you know, it was enjoyable. It was it was great to watch for the you know the fan, another sellout crowd, which I, I just I keep mentioning, but I, I just just can't wrap my head around what uh, what the the fans have been able to do and what uh, you know the the off court management and the club has managed to do to get those uh, you know continued bums on seats. Um, so it was exciting from that. I mean, obviously. Yeah, you can't dress it up. You know, it will be a you know be a fairly uh, you know fairly thorough review as to you know to to, to why we had the inconsistency we inconsistencies that we had, but uh, and there'll be change. I mean, there's you know, and I don't say that in a bad way. There's change when you win a championship, let alone if, if you don't make the playoffs. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. I, I know a lot of the guys are flying out on, on Saturday onto their next adventure, and uh, unfortunately. Oh, unfortunately or fortunately, not all those guys will come back. So I think over the next next few weeks, I think CJ's already come out and said he won't rush anything. And I think that's, that's a really, you know, a really smart way of doing it. Let, you know, let's just let's do it thoroughly, you know, get to the bottom of, you know, where we can do better, what we did well. And, uh, you know, I'm sure in conjunction with, you know, with Grant and Nick and, and you know, the on-court stuff, uh, you know, they'll come out with the right solutions and uh, I, I guess give us optimism going into the next season. I guess a lot of interest is now going to surround Daniel Johnson, it, it appears that his relationship with CJ Bruton deteriorated quite significantly throughout the season. And if you have a look at their interactions on, on Sunday, that sort of became pretty obvious. Um, it's almost it's almost hard to picture him playing in another club's uniform, but the way this season unfolded, it's almost hard to imagine him coming back to the 36ers as well next season. Um, what do you make of where DJ's future might might lie? Yeah, and to be honest with you, I've got I've got no idea. I yeah. think everything you say there is is relevant. I think it would be really disappointing to see him, you know, play for another team. You know, with you know what he's done here over the last whatever it is, ten or twelve years, has been uh, been astonishing. And you know, regardless of what you think about him, and, and you know, DJ can polarise people, and everyone, you know, people talk about his defence and all that sort of stuff, but. Yeah, you know, he's he's one of the club's all-time greats. Sure. I mean, there's, 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 you can't you know you can't 
dress that up. You, you know, that, that's, that's the fact. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's won seven club MVPs, and, and I always make a joke about that. It's one more than Marzi and Hale. But it would be a shame to see him somewhere else. But it, it, as you said, it looks like it. It, it probably could be the end of end, end of the road. Uh, I would just hate to see him playing for someone else and dropping twenty against mm. us next year. <laughs> That's all because I think you know in the right role, if, you know, coming off the bench with you know him still being a focal point of what we're doing offensively and and being put in the right system defensively, I think he you know he has to uh, he would have to bind all of that. And, and if he is, you know, if if, if he can do that, I, I think he. It gives you something that not, not a lot of other teams have. So, you know, being sentimental, I'd, I'd love to see him back. But, uh, you know, as, as we're talking about, it probably probably wouldn't be surprised if he uh, if he's uh, seen his last game in the 36 year uniform. How much would you hate to see him in a Wildcats uniform? Oh, my God. That's, <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's, that's what keeps coming to mind. Mm. Him, him swanning home yeah. for, uh, you know, another season or two and... and you know, as as the Wildcat, you know, you know they've got an aging bench in particular, and all, all of a sudden, you know, you get a guy that can score and give them a impetus off the bench. Uh, yeah, that would hurt. Mm. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> once again, I mean, you know, that uh, it, it probably depends a lot on what happens, you know, with other players in the group. I know Frank's assigned for next year, but that combination of him and DJ wasn't a good one from the defensive point of view. If, yeah, if Frank's did explore yeah. his options. And pro- probably too, they're probably too similar, aren't they? Well, exactly. Yeah. yeah, and that's what I think. And, you know, if we were able to bring in a, you know, a, a big, tough-minded, defensive big guy, um, well, then suddenly that, that might change things when you mm. when you look at, you know, putting DJ alongside of him or coming off the bench, uh, you know, behind a guy like that. So, look, I, I think, obviously, it'll, it'll pan out over... Over the next few weeks, and uh, um, you know, regardless, he's been a you know he's been a great player for the club, and uh, you know, I wish him all the best, no matter what happens. No, for sure. Um, all right, Scott, let's move on to the Galen Award, the best team man in the NBL, thanks to our friends at, at Sports Card World. Uh, before we get our two nominees for the the winner for the season, let's have a look at the last round, and I've got a few a few nominees this week. I think we had a few different guys step up right across the board, and I think especially if you look to Sunday. That was probably Luke Travis's best ever NBL game for the Perth Wildcats, and it came at the biggest moment. I think he showed showed why he's got that NBA potential with everything that he did. So I'll throw his name in the mix. A guy that we have mentioned a few times this year, he did it for Melbourne United once again. Xavier Radden May stepped up when they needed a big performance as well, and I thought he finished the season off tremendously. You go to the New Zealand Breakers, and... Tom Abercrombie, for some reason, despite everything he's achieved, doesn't get talked about a lot, but you look at the steal at the end of the game, look at the big shots that he hit when they needed to win those two games this weekend, and he came up huge. I thought Milton Doyle, once again, you know, did a, did a lot of everything, almost a triple-double with, I think it was 20 points, 10 assists, 8 rebounds for the Jack Jumpers in their win against the Hawks, and then Bull Kowal for the for the Cairns Taipans. He, he just threw everything into that game in Perth to, to give the Taipans a chance to finish in second spot, and I thought he was tremendous. Um, does one of those jump out that you might like to pick for this week? Mate, I think you've, you've picked some really, <laughs> really good nominees there. Look, look to me, uh, Luke Travis, uh, mm-hmm. look, I I guess, you know, seeing him play like that also is frustrating because mm-hmm. you, you, know, you you want to see that on a week-to-week basis, and he's obviously got that upside, and, and uh, you know, he's been shooting the ball a lot better over the second half of the season, but, you know, when he uses the athleticism and plays coffee like that and, and rebounds and pushes the ball, 
he, he's a big problem. And, mm. uh, yeah, I, I thought that was great. It's such an important game, season on the line, to come out and have what, as you said, is probably your best season for the club, uh, best game for the club. Yeah, I, I'm going to pop him up for it this week, I thought. Uh, but now he needs to, to capitalise on it mm. and start playing that on a regular basis too. Yeah, they, they absolutely need him to do exactly that again on, on Thursday or else their, their season's very quickly over still. Absolutely. Yeah, no question about that. Um, so there we go. Luke Travers for the, the best team man in the NBL, the Galen winner for round 18. Um, now we need to narrow it down to two for the season winner of the Galen Awards, Scott, and then we'll we'll get a prize to the people who vote and one, one of our lucky listeners will win thanks to Sports Card World and we'll get that prize out to them. So we'll put the vote out for, for two nominees. Um, I think it's hard. I mean, this is your award, Scott, so you can decide, but I think it's hard to go past either Xavier Cooks or Antonius Cleveland, isn't it? Or is there somebody else you might throw in? Well, I think it, look. I think it probably is. Uh, look, there's probably well, look, there's a few other guys out there. The only thing, only thing with Cleveland, I mean, obviously being a 36 a man myself, you know, is the fact that they they missed out on the playoffs. And and when you talk about well, it, it is a, an award for the winners, isn't it? it well, yeah, and, and and look, I think he's done everything he can and I think we saw some of those three or four minute um, bursts of whatever it is a supernatural energy <laughs> that, that he had does have and throwing himself on the floor and just just uh, you know just taking over game just through pure energy well not just through pure energy obviously athleticism and talent comes into play there as well I love Doyle in, in, in Tasmania as well. I, I just think he's the epitome of what you know what, what you want out of a, a player. Just goes about his business with a with a minimum of fuss. And and you know obviously when you look at what New Zealand and Cairns have done this year, and they've probably got a number of guys that can you know put their hand up as well. But uh, no, you probably uh, even from the breakers, we've had McDowell, White, Pardon, and Brantley all nominated throughout the season. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I look. I, lo- I love Brantley. I, I think uh, y- you know he's got you know he's got something about him that uh, once again just does whatever it takes you know to help his team win and and you know the way he finished off the season you know from a defensive point of view as well I, I thought he you know he he had some some incredible performance at both ends of the court uh, uh, in the end. But I, look, I, I guess after after talking around in circles, I. <laughs> I, I've got no problems if we go with Cooks and uh, Cleveland, mate. I think, uh, you know, and, and it'd probably uh, be wrong of me not to put someone from the 36ers in there, wouldn't it? And I guess with Cleveland, like he's, you know, he's been nominated for Defensive Player of the Year. It's just probably hard to see anyone other than him winning the, the 36ers MVP on Friday night as, as well. Um, so, yeah, let's go with those two, mate. All right, well, before you settle, let me run through the guys who have been nominated and you can make your final decision. So throughout the season, we've had Kyle Adnam, Xavier Cooks, Will McDowell-White, Matt Kenyon, Xavier Radden-Mays, Keanu Pinder, Derek Pardon, Sean McDonald, Milton Doyle, Tayshawn Thomas, Antonius Cleveland, Shannon Scott, DJ Hogan, Jarrell Brantley. So does anyone else jump out that you want to replace Cleveland with or do we stick with him? <laughs> and, I, and I guess it's not about, yeah, I mean, those, yeah, the two we've, we've talked about are, yeah, obviously two of the better players in the league and, and you know, I mean, Cooks is, is probably the favourite for the MVP and, and, you know, you'd have to imagine Cleveland would be a sneaky chance to get in the, you know, the first team All-Star 5 or mm-hmm. certainly not the, the second team. So uh, I, I know it's not always about uh, the best player, but, but sometimes when you talk about whatever a guy will do for his team, you know, is what, you know, personifies those two guys. So... 
Yeah, no, I'm happy to run with that, mate. Let's go with it. Okay, we'll go with Cooks and Cleveland, and our listeners will decide the winner and one of our lucky listeners, thanks to Sports Card World, will take away a prize. So we'll come back and talk about that next week and find out who the winner is. Um, now, I'm, I need to put you on the spot, Scott, and get some predictions for the NBL Awards as well, which will be announced on Tuesday night. So probably by the time we've released this, it'll be well and truly announced, but we'll we'll get your, your winners first. Um, why don't we start at the top? Who would you be, who who would be your MVP? Is it is it Cooks, Cotton, or Creek? Well, I think I mentioned this just last week. It'll be Cooks, but it should be Cotton, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. I, I just think you. Uh, well, I mean, maybe not after his withering two for twenty uh, yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. I, I don't think <laughs> I've ever seen. Uh, well, sure, I've never seen yeah. him uh, shoot that poorly from the field, and it's a testament to the Wildcats that they were able to do that with, with him. Sh- shooting, having such an off-shooting night. But uh, to me, you know, he, he's the best player in the league and has been for a long time, but I think Cooks will get it. So you think Cooks will get it, but do you want to go with Cotton as your selection? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah most yeah. definitely. Yeah, if I was picking it, it would be Cotton. Yep. Uh, Coach of the Year. The top three teams are all nominated. I This is the t- this is the one I found the toughest to pick. Well, look, I, I, I'm going to go with Adam Ford. Yep. I, I think if you probably looked at the start of the year and went through teams. Yeah, everyone knew that Sydney were going to be around the mark again and, and once again, you're just taking nothing away from Buford. You've still got to be able to you know, put that together you know, from a talent perspective but uh, um, I think you know, myself along with a lot of other people, we're waiting, we're waiting for Cairns to drop off. You know, like That's such a great start and we sort of sat sat back and waited for it to happen. New Zealand obviously recruited incredibly well and it would have been such a, such a joy to actually play home games this year as, yeah. as well. But uh, I think, uh, you know, either of those two guys, but to me, to me, it's, uh, it's Adam Ford. Most improved player. Um, I think for, for three quarters of the season, this was Pinder's award and no one else even came into calculations. But I think it's a bit, a, a little bit trickier. So there's also Will McDowell-White and Sean McDonald in the mix. Yeah, look, I, I think McDowell White. I think he's the one that's probably made the yeah you know, the real significant step forward. And uh, yeah, you know, we made comment a couple of times in watching him this year that it, it, it was a bit like watching Josh Gidding again. Mm-hmm. You know, with just the you know the, the tall point guard, the poise that he had. You know, the way that he was able to you know really stuff the stat sheet and, and get other people involved. I I, I really liked the way. You know, he elevated his game this year, and, and you know, for them to to finish where they where they did as well, I think Pinder, you know, probably just missing that game, those last few games mm. will hurt. Uh, so yeah, McDowell White for me. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me me either. Um, next generation award, I I really feel for Sam Wardenberg because he's had the Rookie of the Year award snatched off him. Is he a chance to get this award, or does it go to go to Sam Froling or Luke Travers? Yeah, I hate this shit. Well, this this really pisses me off. You know, the month, well, not even a month out from the end of the season, you change an award, you know. that And Rookie of the Year is such a prestigious award Sorry. as well. Now, yeah, okay, I know maybe, you know, over the last handful of years, we haven't had a lot of, you know, great candidates. But, uh, yeah, I, if you're going to do something stupid like this, to me, you keep Rookie of the Year as well and just bring in another award. But uh, especially totally to do it, yep. especially to do it so far into a season. So now it's it. Sam Froling's award, I, I think, yeah. quite obviously. But, uh, yeah, I, I have a bit of a problem with this one. I, I really don't like the way this went down at all. And, and um, yeah, I feel sorry for Sam. I, mm. I think, he, as you said, he, he would have been a runaway winner for it. Yeah, no, I agree with everything you, you just said. Best defensive player. Um, this one's interesting. Um, 
You talked last week about how you think Shael is the best defender in the league. Um, does he get the award, or does it go to Antonio's Cleveland or Derek Pardon? Tricky one. Um, you know, and obviously it's it's the lack of games played uh, for, for Illy. Mm. I think the fact that he's hit the top three playing 14 games, 14, I think yeah. it was, yep. off the top of my head, speaks, uh, uh, you know, speaks amazingly of, yep. of you know, the way people regard him. Well, I think Cleveland will probably get it. I think everyone loves to see the exciting, you know, stuff defensively, the block shots, the steals and the breakaway dunks that follow mm-hmm. that. Whereas Ely is just a guy that, you know, it's just a terrifying on-ball defender and, and just, uh, you know, the ball's never safe around him. Well, I think Cleveland will get it. Um, I think if Illy had, you know, played, you know, even a handful more games, I think it would have been his to lose as well. Yep, no, very good points. Best six man. Um, we've got Barry Brown Jr., Tyler Johnson and Rashad Kelly nominated. Um, to me, this is this was the easiest one to decide, but I won't put any words in your mouth. Well, you tell me, mate. I've uh, I've put mine out there first. So, so you tell me yours, and I'll I'll, uh, I'll let you know if I agree with it. <laughs> I think ba- <laughs> I, I I think Barry Brown. I mean, he's he's right in contention for the, probably the all first team. So I think for the best six man, it makes him a pretty clear winner for mine. Yeah, it's a bit of a no brainer, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's, it's uh, you know, uh, and when you've got a guy that's a starter mature and as you said, is going to you know, probably feature in an, in an all star five somewhere along the line. It's uh, it's certainly a nice uh, uh, nice luxury to have someone of that talent coming off the bench. So uh, yeah, that's uh, obviously a bit of a no brainer. Before I get your all first and all second teams, does Kai Soto go back to back for the fans MVP? I don't think there's any doubt about that, is there? I don't think so either. There's no less people in the Philippines this year is there than there was last year. No, absolutely not. So I think Kai will, will take that out. Even if, I haven't even seen the vote go out yet, so I'm not sure if it's an award or not. But if it's if it's presented, it's obviously going to Kai. Um, now, this will be the tricky one, Scott. Your, your, your all-star teams. Um, so we have to go for the two inside players and three outside players on each team. So for the all-first team, who springs to mind? Well, I mean, you, you have to look at the three guys that are playing, uh, you know, that are looking at the MVP, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think there's any great shock about those. Uh, I guess the, the problem, if you're looking at it to the letter of them all, then, you know, Creek plays a lot of the four and, and the, you know, him, makes him and Cooks your, your inside players, which, you know, means that someone like a pardon is, is not going to mm-hmm. make that. And that's... Yep. Uh, yeah, that's that's a bit tricky. You know, you know, you have to look at maybe maybe Cleveland in the in there as well. Um, yeah, it's it's I've I've trouble with this. I, I think it's it's um, I just think you could bl- throw a blanket over you know ten guys pretty much, and I don't think there's going to be any great surprises. You know, if, if someone makes a first team or a second team, you thought it was going to be the other way around. So, um, look, I'll go with Cleveland in there, um, put, put in my parochial uh, vote, um, <laughs> along with Cotton and, and Mitch Creek and um, Xavier Cooks. Um, then it gets really oh, tricky, doesn't it? Because, I mean, you've got, it, I guess you've got guys like Derek Walden, DJ Hogue, Barry Brown, Milton Doyle. Um, gets really tough. Look, I'd love to put Doyle in there. I don't think he will. Yeah. Um, I'd love to have him in there. I think, you know, you've probably got to look at Derek Walton Jr. You know, once again, he's quarterback that team. You know, he's, he scores 30 when his team needs him to score 30 and he mm. gets everyone involved when he doesn't get 
you know, when, uh, uh, you know, I just think, and, and obviously the success they've had, that, that has to come into play. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you have to, you know, you have to, you have to, uh, you know, and he could have played more minutes, he could have scored more points, but it's just played the perfect role for that team. Yeah, it's really tricky. Um, I ended up going for for Cotton, Doyle, Hogue, Creek and Cooks in my, my all-first team, but yep. uh, but again, you know, Cleveland and Walton were right in the mix and I've got them both in my second team. Um, yep. So... Based on that, who would who would you go for your second team? Yeah, I'm probably picking Cleveland ahead of Hogue purely because I live in Adelaide <laughs> yep. and I see them. I, I love Hogue, so yep. he's not my first team. He's, right he's in my second, second team. Yep. Yeah, no, no question about that. Along with Doyle, um, Pardon, obviously, um, I think is uh, is a bit of a no brainer. Um, who do you have in your second team? I had. Walton, Brown, Cleveland, Brantley and Pinder. And I only had Brantley because it was a toss of the coin between Brantley and Pardon. And when it, when, yep. when I was talking to Cody Ellis, Cody went for Pardon and I, I went for Brantley because I thought they both, <laughs> that, so, so that was the only reason, but it was a toss of the, yeah. coin, toss of the coin between well, him, him and Pardon. I think I'd, well, I think, I think I'd probably, I'm probably going to go with, with Pinder. I, mm-hmm. I think, you know, once again, his body of work until he got hurt was, uh, it was amazing. Um, well, I think that... Uh, you know, uh, but once again, that means I'm leaving Brantley out, who's is one of my favourite players in the competition. But uh, that, that, that was the thing I found toughest to to leave one of Brantley or Pardon out. I found that really hard. Yep, yep. And once again, we're talking about success as well. So you know, all those guys, you know, the better players and the good teams have got to be up there somewhere along the line. You got one more spot to fill in the backcourt. Um... Who have you got to choose from? You've it's probably Brown. It's, yeah, it's probably Brown. is Brown. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, I don't think that's uh, that. That'll be too much of a stretch. Uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think. Yeah, I think I'd give it to Brown. Yep, there we go, Scott. So your all first team, you got Cotton, Walton, Cleveland, Creek, and Cooks. Your second team, Brown, Doyle, Hogue, Pinder, and Pardon. Happy with that? I am. Yeah, I don't necessarily. <laughs> you know, bet money. That's the way it's going to end mm-hmm. up, but. Uh, um, and like I said, I mean, if you swapped Cleveland out for Hogue, I don't think, uh, mm. you, you know, anyone would, uh, apart from the 36th fan, <laughs> would have too many uh, too many dramas with that either. Yep, no, no, very good. All right, thanks for that, Scott. Now I'll get your thoughts on the finals. So it starts on Thursday night, two play-in games to start with. So the I guess the qualifying game between the Cairns Taipans and the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. the winner goes on to the semifinals against the Breakers, the loser gets a second chance. Who do you think gets the job done? Oh mate, that that is. Uh, this is just. Uh, this is going to come. This is going to be the toughest time of the year. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I I love the way both these teams are going about their business, and it's going to be. You know, I'd love to see them both go really deep into the playoffs. So I think, I think in the moment, Cairns. I think mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll probably just give them the nod. But once again, throw, throw a blanket over them and pick one out. It's. Yeah. Uh, I think it'll be a tremendous game, and uh, I don't think it would surprise anyone if either team got the got the chocolates. No, and and both missing key players. No Pinder, obviously, for Cairns. No Majet for the for the Jack Jumper. So that probably cancels each other out in some ways. Yeah, I do. I do. Although you know, Cairns have Cairns have been playing without Pinder for a while now. Yeah. Uh, Majet, that's a big out. I think uh, you know he's he's a guy that can really you know, you know, do really well for them. But once again, they, they've shown, you know, over the better part of two seasons now that, you know, it doesn't matter who they put on the floor that uh, they're going to make a good account of themselves. So uh, uh, we will see what happens from there. Real clash of style, I guess, in the in the second game as well. So who stays alive between the South East Melbourne Phoenix and the, the Perth Wildcats? 
I think it's probably the Phoenix. Oh, I like I do. I think it's probably they're just gonna they're just gonna be the better team on the night. Um, I you know I'd, I'd love to see Perth sort of continue where they left off on Sunday, but I think I think right now there's probably too many question marks. You know, with the Wildcats, and we touched on it earlier, can you know, can Travis bring that sort of form again? Now you know Cotton's not going to have a game like that, but. Um, is you know is Corey Webster you know going to continue to play that way? Way you know they they you know they need more out of Ty Webster. They would just need to have you know they would need a good showing from everyone. Um, and that's not not out of the realms of possibility, mm-hmm. but it obviously probably hasn't happened enough this year to give you any any great confidence going into that game. No, absolutely, absolutely. All right, Scott, we'll see how it plays out. But before I let you go, when you think of Mike McKay ahead of him going into the Adelaide. 36's Hall of Fame on Friday night. What are some of the things that come to mind? What are you? What are some of your fondest memories of your 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 what? Well, thirty probably thirty years of, of knowing him now. Oh, and the rest. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, look, it's funny. We we on Saturday, on Friday night putting it together a bit of a clip from some of his old teammates and uh, I got asked to put together a little 30 second clip and my, my early recollections of him was as a young teen at uh, you know the old Forestal Stadium here in Adelaide and one of my mates came down and said you got to come and have a look at this 15-year-old kid down on court three. And I went down and saw this six-foot-four man-child, you know, stealing the ball and going down and doing all these two-handed dunks. And we're looking at a guy who's our age going, what the hell is this all about? You know, and uh, yeah, unfortunately, his athleticism has never got any better than that. But, uh, he, but uh, you know, he was, when I came into the into the squad, you know, he was already established, even though he was he was the same age as me, and, and he was mad as a cut snake in those early days. I mean, you don't get a nickname Mad Max uh, <laughs> unless you are a little bit crazy, but, you know, his ability to shoot the ball, you know, and we already had a guy like Daryl Pierce to have two guys like that in the one team was was quite amazing, and he was just such a, you know, tough, relentless competitor and, and just got the most out of his ability, and, and you know, we, we had some incredible uh, you know times together um, both both on and off the court he was uh, he was one of the men that uh, is largely responsible for me uh, getting into red wine so I'm mm-hmm. not sure that's a yeah, good well. thing or a bad thing but um, uh, so yeah just a just a tough and relentless competitor it was a you know, it was a bit of a travesty. He wasn't allowed to finish his career as a as a one team man uh, here with the thirty sixes when uh, Mike Dunlap decided to clear you know clear everyone out at the end of ninety five. Um, you know, I've no doubt that if he if he continued to play here, his you know his singlet would be up in the rafters along with other greats at the club. So, um, but anyway, this is a you know this is a lovely acknowledgement for him and uh, very much well deserved. Just quickly, how special of a night was it for you this time last year when you got inducted into the Hall of Fame? How do you look back on it sort of 12 months later or probably, oh, probably seven or eight months later? Look, it's one of the greatest honours of my life, you know. There's, there's just no no question about it. It was such a, an emotional night um, to be involved, to, to you know be alongside you know, the names that are already in there. It's just... It's absolutely amazing, and uh, Mackay will be the same. He's he's a bit of an emotional wreck at the best of times, so I'm sure he'll be uh, he'll uh, be a little up and down emotionally like I was last year. So uh, it is. It's it's quite an honour, uh, and when you look at the you know the people that have come through this club and and the people that are no doubt will be inducted at some stage, it's just uh, it's it's amazing amazing list to be part of. No, absolutely. So we look forward to that on Friday night and we look forward to seeing how your predictions pan out, Scott. And next week we'll find out who's won the Galen Award for this season as well. So thanks for joining us again and go and, go and rest up. I hope that back continues to get better. 
I'll be right, mate. Uh, but no, looking forward to seeing how it all pans out. I'm sure I'll hardly get anything right, but that's half <laughs> the fun of it, isn't it? 